0: Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone. As he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now, up to to bat, bat, Brett Boone.
1: Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Boone. Today on the program, I'm joined by an old teammate. Played the Big Leagues for 13 years been an MLB Network analyst and currently announces a game for the Texas Rangers and the Seattle Mariners. This is going to be a lot of fun. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Valley Val. Thanks for coming on the program.
0: Hey, it's my pleasure, my man. Uh, enjoyed and have been looking forward to this for a while.
1: Very cool. I'm flipping this. I'm flipping the script on you. Boone How about that? You're, like, you're so professional. Oh, I'm so professional. <laughs> wow. Top five teammates of all time.
0: Oh man, you should have sent me these questions before I got on air.
1: Oh no. Uh, they could be random. Some of your favorite.
0: Not, not, you not, have- in, not, not in this order.
1: No, no. Not in this order. I have a feeling who a couple of them are gonna be.
0: Uh Jay Buhner. Okay. Ken Griffey Jr. There you go. Edgar Martinez. Yes. Will Clark. Wow. Uh Rusty Greer, I could I could keep going. I I've been really fortunate to play with some really great guys, some great players, obviously some Hall of Famers, but uh, just some great people. Brett Boone, I still remember. You can't can't put me on because we only played together
1: for for a year.
0: Yeah, but you made me laugh more than any of them. All of them combined.
1: I'll tell you, I didn't know because uh, you mentioned Will, and I had Will on. And Val, when I came up, well, well, we'll get into that, but you know how I was. It kind of. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I go to this uh, bar in spring training. I think it was Dan Marley's bar. Back in the day, that was oh, a yeah. big bar in Phoenix. The three point
0: shooter, Valley. Dan Marley. Yeah, oh, yeah. And,
1: and I went into this bar one night. I'm sitting next to Robbie Thompson, and Robbie's. Very cool, and he knows I'm a young kid. I'm just trying to make the team. I'm a second baseman. He's a second baseman, so I'm looking at Robbie. You know, he's been there for a while, and here comes the thrill. He walks in, <laughs> and he's glaring, sure. he's glaring at me like like he's like he's going to take me outside. We're going to fight, and I'm looking <laughs> at Robbie, and I'm going, "What's his problem?" And he's like, "Booney, he just don't like young players, man." Because <laughs> we had played. So, you know, this is this is 1990, uh, 90- 91? Yeah.
0: 91. Yeah. I
1: went my first year when I was a non-roster invitee and and Will, uh, I mean, he's just glare. I had him on the show. It was great. He was he was so funny. I mean, this is, you know, 30 years later, but uh, I do remember that. But great teammate. That's that's good to hear. Great player. Yeah,
0: huh? he, w- he was. I mean, his nickname was the sheriff. Right. So we're down here with the Texas Rangers and uh, we'll just kind of. Handle the locker room, you know, like the, the kind of the way I always felt like it should be like the veteran guy who's got the respect of the clubhouse. He can call out anybody It's very similar. And, and I'm not saying it because you're on this. I'm on your podcast, but you did the same thing when you became a veteran in Seattle. I mean, you kind of handled the clubhouse. If there was an issue with a young player, maybe who's not playing the game properly. Booney called him out. Will would do the same thing, you know, whether and he would call out sports writers as did you, uh, he'd call out teammates, coaches, no, nobody was off limits. Um, and junior was like that too, as he got further into his career.
1: Yeah, it, it it is. It's, it's amazing. The dynamic. And we're going to talk about a little bit being a kid, being a veteran, uh, obviously for those of you listening to the boom podcast, I, I broke in in 1992. Dave Valley was the, uh, was the catcher on that Mariners team. He was a veteran player. And, uh, I'm interested to hear because I think people <laughs> want to hear not too many people had a front row seat, uh, to, to my naive, but when I was coming into the big leagues, I was a non roster invitee one at one of uh, Val's buddies was Harold Reynolds, who at the time, uh, we've had Harold on the program and, and Harold's great. But back then, there was a little tenseness cuz Harold Reynolds was a second baseman in in Seattle. It won a couple gold gloves. Mm-hmm. Uh the city loved him and it was just that time in his career which we all have. I had it. Yeah. You Val, you had it where it's a changing of the guard and and your time is is here for a while but somebody's always going to replace you. And I was that guy replacing Harold Reynolds. So I remember coming into that atmosphere kind of like the young player but at the same time, it's like, oh, they're replacing he, He's the era parrot to Harold. So it wasn't friction, but it was different. And it was a different time in
0: baseball where
1: you kind of had to earn your stripes as a young player. I mean,
0: nowadays. It's, oh, yeah. No, nothing was given to you back then. You had uh, to earn it.
1: Right. You see it now. You've been doing games forever. Uh, so you're seeing how the game has transformed from the time you came into the big leagues in the 80s. To now, what that 2023 look uh, rookie in Major League Baseball looks like, a little different. But all right, mm-hmm. I'm going to set the stage. Booney coming in, 22 years old. <laughs> and okay, well, you you're talking about me later, and and I did take on that leadership role. And there is a there is a way to behave. I I, I wasn't a guy that was hard on young players. I would look at young players and just shake my head like. I remember I was that guy. I did it. And Actually, some of the guys that were naive and really kind of had a chip on their shoulder and and, uh, maybe had a little cockiness to them were not arrogance, but a a real confidence. I laughed at them and I said, you're going to be humbled in this game, but I like that confidence because you'll learn from it if it's true. You know anybody and you
0: and you and Booney, you you were full of that. So what when, when I when I described to people like, hey, what was Brett Boone like? I said he was this confident guy. He came off some to a lot of people as cocky, but it was a it was a confidence, and it was a confidence and a <laughs> cockiness that didn't rub you the wrong way. And that's very unique. Right? You have a lot of young kids who come up cocky thinking, I got this down, nobody can tell me anything. The one thing about you that always made me laugh was that you just had this great belief in yourself, but you had a professionalism that was unequaled by any young player. And I think a lot of that had to do because of your dad growing up in the game, having the respect for the game. But you always wanted to play the game the right way. You played it with flair. Uh, I think of Bo Bichette. I, I actually just used that as an example the other day, watching Bo I said, Bo Bichette's swing reminds me of a young Brett Boone. Just he has he has flair. He has a, a confidence when he steps in the box. But that was the thing that I, I always respected and admired about you, even when you were a young punk who got in the van as we drove a two-hour drive down to Tucson, and I was just going, who is this kid? <laughs> You had a little tape around your wrist. I don't know if you remember that but I, that, I think that was my first time I I spent two hours with you because we were we were riding in vans down to Tucson yeah uh,
1: I I did though and I remember those times because I was telling the story the other day when I first came up uh you know my debut was in in 92 in Baltimore and I remember getting my first base hit my first at bat Buner you know at Buner scored. Sorry, no. Ribby, base hit my first bat, and I remember rounded first, and you could probably attend because this is how I believed back then. Uh, believe me, between then and now, I've had more humble pie than you could throw at anybody. But that's what we <laughs> – Val, I think that's what we have to go through and learn and mature and yes. get our butt kicked, man, hey, and learn if, how to get off the play-
0: ground. Yeah, if you're going to play this game for 10 or more years, I played 20 total, right? So seven in the minors, 13 in the big leagues. If you play the game of baseball for 10 years, you will have experienced every kind of humility known to man. Uh, There's going to be such mountaintop experiences with one swing of the bat at the right time. And there's going to be a lot of deep, deep valley experiences where you're going, oh, my God, am I ever going to get another hit? Like, will I ever get a hit? um so so being a part of this game i I mean it does it it makes you grow in ways that you never even imagined you needed to grow
1: and this this probably won't come as a surprise to you at a 22 year old me i rounded first base and i'll remember randy milligan was playing first and you know how they do when you get your first hit they throw the ball in and i've told this story before but i laugh now and he (laughs) turned to me and he said uh Booney. He said, congratulations. He said, you got 2,999 to go. <laughs> and I turned to him because I didn't know Randy Milligan. And I said, thank you, sir. And I'll, I swear to you, this is true. In my mind, I'm thinking, who's this guy thinking I'm only going to get 3000. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how I was back then. And, I was really it. That's it. Right. and six weeks. And I still, I followed up with this six weeks later, I am sitting in my locker having a beer, looking at Mike Blowers, going, blow. Well, the big leagues is really hard, and he just kind of looked at me like, no shit.
0: <laughs> no, I, I think every, everyone who gets to the big leagues, right, you, you don't get there unless you have this amazing belief in your own ability that you can be there. I've always believed that it took any young player, most young players, you bar a couple of them, once they got to the big leagues, they didn't really believe that they belong there for maybe a year or two where they go. Finally, they go, okay, I should be here. I'm a big leaguer. Cause there's always that bit of self-doubt going, man, am I good enough? You know, cause you have those ups and downs and you go going. There, there's always that little bit of doubt, but if you don't believe in your talent, there's no way that you stay around. You'll eventually just melt and you'll fade away into the darkness like so many players have in the past. But, uh, you got to start off with that that inner inner cockiness, whether it comes out verbally uh, or physically, with the way you you, you kind of handle yourself, it's got to be in there. If it's not in there, you got no chance to be a success in the game of baseball.
1: And and it's you know I like your point that we all it it takes time for you to get that you know you're kind of looking behind you like i'm kind of i'm kind of established for myself but i am established yet i i right. had a moment of clarity for me it took a while i came up in 92 93 i was on the shuttle first half of the season with our new skipper lou Pinella.
0: oh he loved and, you
1: <laughs> how about that it, it, you know how how far did that come full circle we went from <laughs> fighting to he's one of my favorite men i've ever been around you know in my second tenure with seattle but uh I remember it came to a head and, and about I, I was on the shuttle up, down, up, down, up, down. Finally, at, around the All-Star break, uh, I was there to stay and I had a pretty good second half. And, and I remember the moment for me where I'd finally like, OK, you're going to be here for a while. We were in Minnesota and it was a blowout game. I forgot if we were winning, or they were winning. But Lou took Junior, Jay Buhner and myself out of the game. Like, hey, go get your shower. And I remember yeah. it was the greatest shower I ever took. Because at that time, <laughs> Ju- well, Junior's Junior. And Bone was, right. the, you know.
0: A grinder. Uh, they, he played everything he ever did.
1: Right, right, a big power hitter established in Seattle. And for the first time, I wasn't, f- I wasn't like, mopping up. Or or for the first it was like Lou was taking care of me. And I remember taking that shower, like, I've arrived. I've yeah. arrived. He took me out of the yeah. game. And took care of me. And, and it's little goofy things like that. They're really cool. And they mean a lot when you're a young player to kind of have that, I don't know, that, that confirmation. Especially yeah, the comes, respect. It comes from, yeah, it, it, comes
0: it's, from it's from kind, kind of a respect. And from to get that from Lou, you know, because I, re, I remember how you, you two guys were. You were like oil and water, mm-hmm. you know. He's telling you to choke up, hit the ball the other way, and you were just like whew, swinging yeah. at that shillelagh. Uh, but then you started to listen to him. I mean, you yeah. started to apply some things and started to drive the ball to right center field, uh, which, again, you earned that from him. He didn't give it to you. Lou, Lou made you earn it. Uh, whether you were a young pitcher or a young player, you had to do things the way he wanted you to. And th- then you earned that respect to be able to say, hey, take a few innings off, kid. I need you for tomorrow. So for for me, Booney, the, the doubt always came like uh, I'd come to spring training. And I, I, I was really fortunate. I was uh, in big league camp when I was 18 years old. Imagine that, right? And I remember playing against the California Angels. I remember playing against your dad because he was a catcher. I was a catcher. And having this, like, almost this awe factor, like Reggie Jackson. Like, I grew up in New York City. I watched Reggie hit all the home runs. I hit him Hit the three home runs in the World Series game. And then now I am catching, and Reggie Jackson steps into the box. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, is this like, is this a dream? Is this really real? So that for me, those were like, do I belong here? Like, this is Reggie. Like. Reggie and pinstripes, like, do I belong in it? It takes, it does take a while for those type of moments that you experience to say, no, I'm a big leaguer. You know, I I can carry myself, keep my head high, uh, through the ups and downs, I'm a big leaguer. I I know how to get through this. And it takes time to be able to learn how to get through those really difficult times that this game can put you in. Take your business further with a smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card.
1: uh was a big influence on me when I was first coming up junior. Um, I think of, I, I think of guys that came along in 93, Chris Bosio, who kind of was giving me that tough love, but you know, he loved me to death, but man, he was yes. going to, it was going to be a tough love. It wasn't, it wasn't, <laughs> Hey Boone, you do what you want. It's you earn it. And then, Hey, come with me. I'll take you to dinner. I'll take care of you. Bone, same way. Well, yeah, beat the crap out of me, but at the end of the day, he goes hey, here here's some keys, kid. You can stay at my my place. Uh, yes, and, and I appreciated that, and I knew that. Who were the guys for you when you were coming up? Who were guys that kind of took took Val under their wing?
0: You know, it's interesting because I got to the big leagues in 1984. I was 23, and the Mariners weren't really filled with a lot of veteran guys. Uh, if they if they were some, uh, they weren't like real stars of the game, maybe Al Cowens. I think Al AC had maybe an all-star game under his belt, but it was myself. It was Alvin Davis, Mark Langston, Jimmy Presley. We were all young, like all like literally leaning on each other. Like, oh my gosh, how do we figure this out? And and Alvin, Alvin was the most statesman-like player of the game. So you called me earlier in the show Volcano. So oh, we'll I had a that. we'll get to that. I, I, I had the ability to erupt and that's what that's what Brett's talking about to all the folks who are listening. And then here's Alvin Davis, who literally four for four, oh for four with four punch outs, you would not know what the outcome was. He'd just walk in, take his helmet off, put it in the rack, put his bat away, take his batting gloves off, and then go sit down. Like after striking out three or four times in a row, I'm like, who is this guy? How do you do that? I mean, so for me, it was actually leaning on some of the younger, younger guys, but a guy like AD, who really was an incredible example of a professional, uh, he's still in the game, which the game is better off for it, uh, with the Mariners in the minor leagues as a, as a hitting instructor. Uh, but it was guys like that, you know, um, personal friends who, I mean, Harold's, Harold and I were roommates, AD and I were roommates. Uh, So all through those early years, when you had to have a roommate, it was like literally, hey, man, don't don't leave me alone around here. So we were all trying to figure it out together. We all got married. We all became fathers. So we were all going through these same similar life things, which I think draws you even closer together, not just as teammates, but as truly lifelong friends.
1: And you're right, uh, Alvin. It's I mean, just the consummate. He's just a gentleman, first and foremost. Amazing. But he's exactly. those guys that that guys like me and you. We're wired differently, and I'll tell you that was one. <laughs> that was some solace. And uh, we mentioned the volcano. It's great because it's it's exactly right. I still to, to call David to this day when I see him. I'll either call him <laughs> David or the volcano. Because- but I'll tell you, as a young player, because we were a lot alike. We were both as intense as we could be. And then when we got through the moment, it was like, "All right, what what am I doing? Let's let's get back to." It. Yeah. And as I yeah. as I went on my career, uh, you know, I learned to temper that a little bit. But inside, I was the same. It's like I wanted to get a hit so bad every at bat, and you know, uh, it, it wasn't. Um, I don't know. It's something you kind of you kind of live and you learn. But it, but yeah. it was nice for me as a young player having that personality. I'm going, well, Val's he's been the catcher here for a while. And he's doing the same same stuff. So I, I can throw my I can throw my equipment. I didn't break the big mirror though. I did not break the big mirror.
0: Well, that was just one of the few things I broke. I mean, I used yeah. to get like a monthly bill from the kingdom. Hey, yeah. the uh the sewer pipe broke. Oh, that wow. was must have been Val. Yeah. Oh, the mirror broke. Oh, must have been Val. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh god, that is awesome. But you yeah. know what? That for, for me, Booney, it was playing kind of from my from my background you know i grew up in new york city eight kids in the family single mom i was always felt like i was just playing for survival you know i wish i truly wish because i didn't really get it until maybe my last three years in the big leagues i wish i could have really enjoyed the journey a little bit more but i was always in like survival mode um and i think that's what brought out some of those eruptions uh that that you saw Cause I was fighting for my life. You know, know, that's, that's all I knew.
1: You talk about survival mode and there's a lot of talk of that. You know, when people ask you what, what would one thing you could go back through your career, what would you have, what would you have done differently? And, you know, of course we do a lot of things differently, but Mm -hmm. uh, I always thought about that. Like, well, maybe I, when I went to Wrigley field, I would take time to just kind of look around and appreciate what I, when I went to Fenway, I think Gramps played here, you know, let me, Check out the nooks and cranny. I, I never went behind the wall. Uh, Monument Park in, in New York. Uh, yeah, But, you know, I, I did a, I did a show with uh, Paul Canerco. And he said, Booney, that all sounds great. He said, but, and, and to your point, we're grinding so hard. Yeah, if, if you had a perfect life in a perfect world, you would do all these things. I would have gone to uh, Alcatraz, which I planned on going to. Every time I went for San Francisco my whole life, and still to this day have not gone. In a perfect world, I would have checked that off the box, you know. I would have But you would, you would the- have needed
0: to plan for it like months ahead because the day you decide, oh, I'm going to go to Alcatraz today, it was sold out.
1: It was sold it was out. Just- I, well, I can't tell you how many times I booked a trip and canceled a trip. I can't tell you how many times. But Canerco told me, he said, Booney, yeah, it sounds good in theory. He said, but this game is so hard and we're grinding so much. Then I think that would lose our edge if we just said, oh, today I'm going to go around and I'm going to do this and that. He goes, I got to worry yeah. about who's pitching today, who's pitching tomorrow. My swing stinks. I got to fix my swing. I got to get there. So there is. Yes, it, it sounds great. And, and I think most of us, especially when we get to to be veteran players, we do have a, a true appreciation for this game and, and wearing a big league uniform for a living. But to sit there and just, uh, you know, just fantasize, oh, this is No, we got stuff to do. We yeah. got to gotta earn a living. Yeah. We're, we're here it, to get it,
0: fired. So, buddy, the, the time that I started really appreciating being in, in the big leagues, I was with the Texas Rangers kind of towards the end of my career. I'm a backup player now, so I'm not worried about the day-to-day grind, right? I, I didn't have to worry about facing that pitcher on that particular night. With Pudge Rodriguez, I was like a backup NFL quarterback I played like every third Sunday maybe Johnny Johnny Oates would go hey Val uh, I'm thinking about playing you tomorrow like he'd tell me this Saturday night because it was a day game on Sunday and I'd come in and punches in the lineup couldn't blame him though at that point but it took me not being an everyday player to really be able to sit back right out in the bullpen and really enjoy the fact that I'm a I'm a major league baseball player um, yes, in the twilight of my career, but really being able to look back and go, how blessed was I to be able to play this game for the last 20 years of my life? Professionally, get paid for it. Uh, I had one story. We were playing the tech. We we're playing the uh, I was with Texas. We we're playing the Seattle Mariners. So in the old ballpark here in Texas, there used to be a uh, the grounds crew dugout. And then you'd have to walk past the grounds crew dugout to get to the to the bullpen, which was a little bit more elevated out in right center field. I don't know if you remember that. And my son, Philip, was 11 and 12 years old when I was a Texas Ranger. So I had to deal with them. I said, every fifth inning, I will meet you in the grounds crew bullpen. They had a little dugout and bring two popsicles. And I would I would go out to the bullpen every fifth inning just in case there were two guys getting needing to get warmed up. I'd run out, fifth inning, me and my boy Phillip would sit down and literally eat a popsicle, watch an inning of baseball, and then I'd send him back to the locker room, and I'd, I'd go up to the bullpen. So one day, the Mariners are in town. I'm out there in the fifth inning eating a popsicle, and Jay turns around and goes, what the hell? And he looks over at Junior goes, Junior, get over here. Look at this crap. He's like, you hate <laughs> pay to do this? I'm like, it's about time I got the chance to do this. And me and Philip, and meanwhile, the game is being halted. They were starting to start the inning. And Junior, and I'm like, get out of here, man. They're going to find out what I'm doing every night. Like, go back to your position. But it was those moments, man, that I know could never be replicated anymore. You know, the, the fact that he was coming out, my son was coming out for batting practice every day. He's out in the outfield with Kirby Puckett and Cal Ripken and he's hanging out with them. I mean, those experiences of being a major league baseball player and I know you had some, cause I remember you in spring training, you and, and your brothers running around in Palm Springs yeah, with little Boone on your back and yeah. going, how cool is that? You know, yeah. Bob Boone's sons are out here in their little uniforms. I'm like, and I finally had a chance to experience something very similar to that. And, uh, you know, again, just being able to pause and go, man, I'm blessed. You know, how how could I possibly complain about most anything going on in this world?
1: You're right. You're right. And and you know, a lot of us though, it doesn't hit us till you're 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 gone and you're done. And but you do, you reflect back, and it is special. And and I I try to, and I try not to be the old guy, but young players, uh, that's what you say. Hey, appreciate what you got. Doesn't mean lose yeah. your edge, lose your, lose what you do on a daily basis, but really appreciate this because man, you think when we're when we're when we're playing and we're in our you know in our heyday and in our prime, you think this will never end. This is what I do. Yeah. Especially for me, it was a hard, it was a hard lesson when I when I was finally done with the game because you had mentioned the Palm Springs days. Since I was four years old, I've been putting on my uni going to the ballpark. You know, I missed play. I missed playing, I missed playing with are. Right. My dad's in the big leagues when I was in triple A and I'm going, this is all I've ever known. Now, of course, now, you know, now this childhood's over. Now I'm going to go play in the big leagues for, well, forever. Yeah. And, and then one day it ends and you go, now, what do I do?
0: What do I do? So that, that, this is all I know. That That's an interesting perspective because I was fortunate enough to play with you and junior. So both of you guys grew, literally grew up in the big leagues in a big league clubhouse. And the one thing I noticed that was very similar about both of you was the fact that you just always were comfortable. Like I kind of like, this is my environment. Like I'm, I'm in a big league club. I always just, I use the example for junior. He grew up with Joe Morgan and who's Harold Reynolds. He grew up with Johnny bench. Who, who the hell is Dave Valley? Right. So he was unimpressed with anybody. Uh, and I think you had that same thing. It was like, my, I know Reggie. I, I, my, da- my dad's been a big leaguer for 20 years. You know, he's caught 2,000 baseball games. So th- that that edge, and I really do feel like it was an edge because you just always felt like this is where I'm supposed to be. Uh, and I saw it in both of you guys, and it was just so very similar when you were both really young because Junior got there when he was 19, which is insane. You know, I think back to where I was when I was 19. I was, yeah, there's no chance. No chance of being in the big leagues and trying to figure it all out.
1: Junior, he played a role. That was my first kind of wake-up call when I got to the big leagues. And I realized I talked about, you know, sitting with Blow, having a beer, saying it's really hard. And at the same time, I'm looking at Kenny going, that guy's the same age as me. (laughs) He's hit 30 home runs in the big leagues already. I I don't know if I'm coming (laughs) or going. I'm number 87 or whatever number they gave me. And that was kind of a wake-up call. Of, well, I thought I was pretty good, and I whipped through the minor leagues pretty fast. Well, I'm looking at – well, and it's not really fair. I mean, Junior's the, a once-in-a-lifetime guy that you're not going to see very often. But that was my comparison because right. we're on the same team. And it's almost like it was the first time, Val, where some one of my peers that were the same age as me was, like, giving me advice because it seemed like because of my upbringing i was always the the elder statesman but when it came to kenny he was the elder statesman with me and i remember that in those early goings with kenny i, I would i'd be struggling and, and you know how kenny was he was very you know his public demeanor was cooler than school but totally you, different yeah but when absolutely. you got him one on one i mean we had some talks in the kingdom under the raptors uh, when no one was looking where Kenny kind of put his ha- hand on my shoulder and say, Booney, listen, this is going to be tough. This isn't easy. And, and it was almost like a father figure at the same age. But and I told him right. I I, I, app- I appreciated that years later. I really did appreciate those times where he was just a guy that for whatever reason was born a little different than the rest of us and, and got to the big leagues when when the rest of us were were freshmen. I was a freshman in college or a sophomore in college, you know, you were in, in low a ball somewhere. I was it in a so, ball somewhere. Just So happens Kenny's Kenny's hitting homers in the home run Derby. And the rest of us are, are <laughs> like, you know, we're eating peanut butter and jelly out of a 2400 sports is an odyssey company.